0: like myself i specialize in multi-families uh and not everybody knows how to do that or knows what your goal is as an investor so we're going to get into it and see really what the differences will be and why i believe it's important for everybody buying their first property to have an agent on their side yeah
1: and i'm just, just going to just crush all that <laughs> <laughs> so uh- Welcome to Uncommon, a state of mind where we debate different ways to leverage your next investment to create time freedom, legacy impact, and generational wealth in order to live that uncommon life. But in order to do that, you must be uncommon. My name is Joey, aka Mr.
0: J Mays. Hey, you know what it is. I'm AD, also known as AD, the fly realtor. Yep. So, actually... It's pretty cool because
1: right now we're actually going to go through a series of, you know, how to actually buy a multifamily real estate property. So we're, we're actually starting a series step by step on how to buy a multifamily property as your first investment. Right. So pretty much after this is done, you should know exactly how to go ahead and get into your first investment if you're knocking out or trying to get into a multifamily. Okay, step by step. So make sure y'all pay attention and um stay tuned, man.
0: It's stay it. tuned because like Joey said, it's a series. So this is episode one and there will be two, three, four, five. Something like and that. And then maybe more, maybe less, but stay tuned and find out. Right, so me personally, I'm gonna just be poking holes in everything that this man says. So Hey, you fun. know what's crazy? Because the first thing is uh, step one would actually be find your agent. But here's the crazy thing my man Joey's like, there really isn't a use for agents in today's day and age. And see, that's issue number one. And that's where a lot of people go wrong, especially you beginners who think that you don't need an agent. So, like, we really are going to get into it. And honestly, as a deal finder, as a realtor myself, I do get it because. It's a little oversaturated with a lot of people who don't know what they're doing and they don't have the right guidance to figure out what to do or how to do it. You know, most agents out here are real good at, you know, help you find that single family home, three bedrooms, two bathrooms, and I'm going to live in there for the rest of my life. That's not that difficult. No disrespect to anybody who does that. That's not that hard. But when we're trying to buy property with an investor mindset, or for specific reasons and purposes, you do need a little bit more specializing in order to do that. Like myself, I specialize in multifamilies. And not everybody knows how to do that or knows what your goal is as an investor. So we're going to get into it and see really what the differences will be and why I believe it's important for everybody buying their first property to have an agent on their side.
1: Just go and just
0: crush all that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, first step is like I said, find that agent. But, like I don't, it's I wouldn't say step one. But before finding that agent, try to get a good idea of what kind of strategy you're looking for, mm-hmm. what you think you want to do. Do a little research. One is good because finding any good agent, it'll be it's a little more difficult for linking with a good agent. But if the agent sees that you are committed to this and you've already done some homework on your own, they're a lot more willing to guide and lead you through that process. That's one because, well, also because no agent wants to, It's a tough business and you only make money on commissions. Okay. No agent wants to spend time on somebody who doesn't even seem like they're going to follow through. That makes sense. Right. So that's probably the only
1: thing we're going to agree on today. (laughs) Right. The fact that you need to do your own research and understand, to be honest, if you're going to go the route of not having an agent, research is key regardless. So, like, doing your own research, your own due diligence and making sure you know the strategy that
0: you want to uh, go ahead and follow for pursue is huge. Right, right. So my first reason for why you should have an agent on your side, especially with your first property, is for experience and expertise. All right, so agents, well, good agents, good realtors, they have specialized knowledge with a specific area or um, property types, you know, based on what they work on. So, you're going to need that experience and specialized knowledge for that market, whatever market it is. I don't care if it's a big market. I don't care if it's a small market. It could be Los Angeles, Middle America. It could be the South. Anywhere in this country, you are going to want somebody who has knowledge of that area and knows what's going on. Like, For instance, at any given moment, you can ask a good multifamily agent, like, okay, what's the cap rate in this area? And if it's an area they operate in, they kind of have something to give you. Like, what's the cap rate around here? He he has no idea, but he's not supposed to know. Why would he know? (laughs) That's an (laughs) example. It's not an attack. It's it's an example. I I didn't even mean to cut for you. I just wanted it to be clear that, yeah, this isn't common knowledge. Like, good agents aren't just operating with stuff that everybody knows. This is very true, but...
1: The internet is a hell of a drug, y'all. You can go on the internet. You can find systems and look into what these cap rates are. You can look into like what a cap rate is. Um, If you do your own research and you're serious about being an investor, these are terms that you're going to pick up on your own. Uh, And another thing that you can do, especially if you really want to go down the route of not having an agent, there's a million, there's a ton of, of Facebook groups, real estate groups that you can be a part of, where you can learn this knowledge, you can be the person who understands that market. You can be the person who knows what those cap rates are. You know what I'm saying? So, like, to say that he's necessary for that, it's 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 a it's a
0: reach. Well, for one, that's the the, the first example. Oh, <laughs> that's the first reason. But two, I was gonna save this for later on, but since you brought it up, Joey's out here talking about, oh, you could go research, you could go do this. One thing you guys don't know about Joey is Joey's going to do his homework. Okay. Joey's going to research and Joey's going to know everything he needs to know about that thing or that topic or subject, but not everybody has the time and convenience to do that. So that was one of my later points, but he brought it up. So let's go. (laughs) So yes, time and convenience. So they're searching for properties, scheduling vendors, inspections, Uh, speaking with the seller and or the seller's agent. These are all things that uh, the average person, especially if you have a nine to five, it's not going to be that that simple to do. Uh, Not to mention when you get off work, a lot of people aren't operating anymore. You know what I mean? So let's say for instance, uh, there needs to be an inspection done on an occupied unit. A lot of these people <laughs> like I actually just dealt with uh, some sort of difficult <laughs> uh, tenants that I'm trying to look inside the unit, uh. but they don't want you in there when they're going to be at home. Yeah. So let's say you have a job, you get off at five. Well, guess what? 75 percent or however many people all get, af- get off at five, too. So they're going to be home and they're like, yeah, you know what? No, I don't want to give you permission to enter. Mm-hmm. And I, I know I said you have permission to enter, but I'm not doing it today. Okay. There's nothing you could do about that. Okay. You so, know? <laughs> so,
1: I mean, that sucks. But <laughs> you could schedule ahead. You could schedule ahead and be like, look, I, I want to get into the property. I want to see the property and inspect the property. Set a couple of schedules, some soft schedules, some hard schedules, and
0: make that work. Eventually, you're going to get in there. Eventually, you might. You might eventually, but it goes back to that time and convenience. So why would, why is that something I would want to do if I'm going to have to wait for an eventually? You know, I'm looking for somebody to come represent me and be able to get in there, get the info we need, get the pictures we need, and get out. And you might need to do this at 9 a.m. You might need to do it at 12. You might need to do it at 5. You might need to do it at 8 p.m., you know, whatever works, whatever you can figure out. But you do you really want to have to take away from your day and your the duties and responsibilities you already have to go and do this? Like not everybody is just suited to really do this on their own. So that's a big thing. That time and convenience factor. It's it's like anything you can represent yourself in court. So why don't you do that? Like, oh, I can go on the Internet. All the laws are on the Internet. So I could go on the Internet and figure out how to how to build a defensive case in court, in the court of law. It's like, nah, dude, like who's trying to do all that? You better get that lawyer and make life easy. It's, It's the same thing. Like. I don't care what anybody says. You can't convince me. Otherwise, it's really the same thing. I mean, a lawyer, that's kind of, that's a lot. Because when it comes to being same. a lawyer, same.
1: like there's, there's a lot. So that's us come, come on, come on, Say But okay, I, <laughs> I, I do hear him on, on when it comes to convenience for sure. If you don't mind inconveniencing yourself for a little bit just to get more information on the property that you spend, you plan to spend a lot of time on, that you, you plan to spend a lot of money on, put that time aside and go do that. You
0: know what I mean? So... Then when we go on from there, I'm looking at network and connections. So this is important because, all right, everybody, like maybe not the average person has access to the MLS, but you can get access to the MLS. To be honest, most of what you see on Zillow is actually coming from the MLS, these sites. So even though it might not be updated as quickly as the MLS is, Even if even if you don't use those sites, a lot of people can get access to the MLS. That's no big secret.
1: Glad that you said that
0: because I was about to. Nah, that's (laughs) that's not a big deal. Everybody can find that info. But what you can't find, uh, you may not have that contact list of people who know, uh, who have know or have access to properties that aren't on the market. Okay. You know, for instance, there's there's times where people hit me up. Or I get emails about properties that are going to be on the market in two weeks. And it's like, well, take a look, because if we don't have to put it on the MLS, we're not going to. This is technically an off-market deal. The average Joe isn't just out here getting access to off-market deals. It does take time to build a list of people who are going to feed you these deals. This is part of what I do regularly. I nurture my contacts and I stay in communication with them so that they feed me deals and they start sending me stuff. And that's something I'm actually really trying to get better at because I want my clients to also have access to this database of deals that are never going to be seen by the general public. That's a big deal. So on top of that, and you have more opportunities to find the right property because I'm constantly in contact. Other realtors are constantly in contact with other agents in their field. So they're all always coming across deals. They're always coming across listings. uh, And then also you get a better idea of where, uh, which properties sellers are willing to come down on that price. You know, if you're just looking at the MLS, you're not always going to be able to know like, okay, this is the opportunity to get a better price, or this is the opportunity to get a better price. But if I'm talking to agents and I'm talking to, other representatives i have a better idea of okay maybe the seller will be willing to budge they're of course not going to give me everything the seller's dealing with or working with but i can get a better idea sometimes than the average person
1: okay so with that what i'll say is like okay you you will have pocket listings so those that's what those are called pocket listings that you could you may have access to that you you know you probably build relationships with but the average Joe. They're not going to be as good at it, but they can uh, get a couple of different sources to kind of uh, show them a couple of off-market deals. Me personally, when I was looking into flipping houses, I got in, I got into contact with a bunch of wholesalers, mm-hmm. and all these wholesalers had properties that were off-market that were that were you know looking to be uh, bought up. You know what I mean? What I say is like there's a lot of things that you can do as the average person um, that also you know, realtors can do. You can do a
0: lot of these things. Um, I'm sorry, if I may, like wholesalers, I love you guys. I really do. I work with some of you. Um, I got no issues, but wholesalers don't have a fiduciary responsibility to the principal. Okay. That's important because as an agent. So can you explain what a fiduciary responsibility? I, in layman's terms, it really means my job, is to protect your interests at all costs. Uh no matter what, as an agent as somebody who's licensed, that's what I signed up for and I actually I not just myself, I really feel like a lot of agents out there really do take that, you know, seriously and take that respons take that responsibility in hand with their, you know, day-to-day operations. Of course there's some out there who are a little sketchy, <laughs> you know, but I really do take that responsibly. <laughs> and um wholesalers don't have this same duty that's why you see a lot of ish situations where people feel like they were screwed over by a wholesaler okay. or a wholesaler may have withheld something or they didn't have to go deep and really figure out what's going on with that property yeah. because that lack of fiduciary responsibility so i'm not saying that they're not a good avenue or a good route but for our beginners um, either you're buying your first property or you're buying your first property for investment purposes. Wholesalers might be a little tricky. I, I I'll just be careful, okay? I don't want to say you should or you shouldn't. I just be careful, okay? With
1: that. Well, I can say that it is. It, you know, not every agent has their best, your best interest at heart. You know what I'm saying? You might yeah. have to, just as you'd have to fish for specific wholesalers to work with. You still have to fish for the right agent to work with as well. Def, def.
0: Um, I mean, I do think that's important. It really is. Um, you're right. You are right on that point. Yes. Like, you are going to have to find the right agent, but for instance, you know, that's why it's important to do at least that minimal amount of research because when you do that and you're shopping for agents, you're interviewing agents, that's when you go and you're like, "All right, like I have questions 1, 2, and 3. I have a question for you." just because we're on this topic. So say we're in that in that
1: position. What are the best questions to ask an agent? In that exact scenario, what's the best questions to ask that agent if you're looking to buy your first multifamily property?
0: All right, so why like question one, you can ask, oh, do you, do, you uh, do multifamily properties? But that might not be the best question. A better question, because that's a yes or no question. A better question would be, what kind of properties do you typically work with? You know what I mean? So that way, if I tell you like, oh yeah, like single family single, uh, single family buyers, like that's my specialty, or I do fix and flips, you them, know, so. exactly. <laughs> and then that already lets you know, let me start cutting this person off my list, you know? So that's a good question there. You know, um, other questions such as, like I said, cap rate, like, oh, well, what's the cap rate in this area? If you researched that already on your own, Then and you hear what this person says, either they're going to tell you something that's right or it's right in line with what you thought it was, or they're going to tell you something that's different. If it's different, go back and do a little bit more research or ask other people that you may trust who are in that industry, Uh, because either you're wrong or he's wrong and if he's wrong that's not your guy
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. right so Cut things out. like that so questions along those lines you really want to ask those kind of questions mm-hmm. and then also um really maybe uh questions like what areas or what uh, uh what locations do you really work with cuz LA so different where you know it could be the same zip code but different sides of that zip code do different things so you really wanna get a good idea for like where they specialize in or how much they're ingrained in a specific area. Yeah, I hear that. So one thing that I do wanna talk about,
1: especially when you talk about cutting out the uh the agent, like I for me I'm like, Okay, well, I wanna be in direct communication with this person because now we can actually negotiate and get it to terms uh on our own and we don't need to, you know, play the telephone game with a third party uh when it comes to negotiation.
0: That's true. But the thing about that is that, again, especially for our beginners, one thing that happens is beginners get emotional. You know, (laughs) like we get they get emotional. You know, we get we get in our feelings and sometimes we get upset and uh, the agent, they act as a buffer between you and the BS that's coming on the other side, (laughs) you know, cause sometimes it's like that. And sometimes it is some BS. So that's one, two, you want to be able, like as an agent, I can go ask for something outrageous from the other agent or from the seller. And I could just blame it on my principal. Be like, look, that's what I I get what you're saying, but this guy over here, the guy I'm representing, that's what he wants. Take it or leave it. But if you're representing yourself, they're going to try and finagle you a lot more and get you to where they're at, especially if they have an agent themselves, because a lot of sellers are smart enough to understand that they can get top dollar if they have an agent. But if you don't have an agent, then you're leading, you're leaving this seller with all of this power that you may not have access to.
1: Um, I, I don't know about all that. I mean, depending if you have, if you have a little bit of, like I said, if you've done your research and you're connected with the right type of groups, you'll know how to uh, com- have conversations with sellers. I'm not So I-, I guess I can't say that for everybody. So if you are the person who wants to kind of dig in and you know you want to get into this investment, then of course you're going to have to have a little bit of knowledge on negotiation and negotiation
0: tactics in order to go ahead and deal with sellers. No, definitely, definitely. Yeah, and again, it's not a one-size-fits-all thing. Like there are some people out there who can uh, develop the skills, develop the knowledge and go out there and do it themselves. Actually, probably a lot of us can, but like where I'm emphasizing on the beginner. So if you have, if you don't own any property or if the only property you own is your home that you live in, that has no investment purposes, I really think it might be good for you to get, uh, to get a realtor because also they're able to teach you things that you didn't even know to look up. You know what I mean? Like they would know uh, specific areas that may have higher property taxes or where property taxes tend to increase more rapidly than other areas in town or, you know, things of that sort. Or for instance, um, somebody, uh, I remember one of my friends was sending me homes. He doesn't flip or anything, but he was thinking about getting into flips. And he sent me a home that's like, this far away from the freeway, you know, it's right by the freeway. And I was like, it could work, but the comps you're sending aren't by the freeway. So your property is going to sell like those other ones. (laughs) But if I was looking for deals for him, I wouldn't have even sent him that property unless I was going to compare it to other properties right by the freeway. You know what I'm saying? But he's out here looking on his own and it's like, yeah, a property could be uh half a mile away. But that half a mile away from the freeway is going to make a big difference when it comes to reselling that property. So things like that are you it's it's not just something, you know, to look up regularly. It's usually trial by error, but I don't know how many errors you want to leave yourself susceptible to on your first time investing. So that's a big thing to me.
1: OK, so let's get into the real like meat potatoes on why anybody would be thinking to do this on the by themselves uh, rather than getting an agent. And it's the cost. Like after the house sells, you know, we're, we're giving up what two to 3% to that agent. If that's a $500,000 house, that's 15 K straight out the back, not even including closing costs. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's kind of a big deal.
0: I mean, it seems like a big deal, but if we're talking about buyers specifically, buyers don't pay for agents you agents get paid out of the sale of that home so if a home costs five hundred thousand dollars all you do is you pay your five hundred thousand dollars of course closing costs and things of that sort but typically you're just getting that loan for five hundred thousand dollars then the agent gets paid out of the proceeds so technically the seller is paying the agent buyers don't pay agents that's the big misconception in the industry that a lot of people think oh well I don't have money for an agent. I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Like, you don't need money for an agent. You just need somebody who, like, that's, like I said, agents only get paid out of commission. So that's why it is important to show an agent that you are serious about uh, doing what you say you're going to do. Because a lot of good agents, especially real experienced agents, they're not going to spend or waste too much time on somebody who seems like it's going to be a lost cause yeah, uh, that, and it sounds mean, it sounds rude, but I get it. Like this, if being an agent is tough, dude, it's tough, and it, tough. It, it, it's tough out <laughs> here, bro. And it's eat what you kill. And you don't have time to wait for that, for that dead weight. You gotta, you're out here moving on to whoever is actually looking to close. You know what I'm saying? Like you would be a perfect candidate to be somebody's client because you're dedicated you're focused you're serious and you know how to take a uh, disappointment you feel me there's people out there who like oh as soon as like their offer gets denied they're like oh god and it's like <laughs> dude like we're probably gonna have to put in five more offers before one gets accepted you better like you better relax fuck up, right it's Like, like hey reel it in dude reel it in because we got a journey all right so that that's important for real right. but um Uh, lastly, if I'm, yeah, I guess, well, I got two more points for you. So market knowledge. All right. Agents stay up to date with market knowledge and what's the trends going on in their areas that they pretty much farm. So that's really important because if you go online, you might get pretty recent data, but it might not be as recent as like right now. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's real important because you can start making decisions based on what you think is accurate and current, and it's not. So that agent is either able to let you know that you can get a better deal, or the agent's able to let you know that you're detached from reality <laughs> based on what's going on. Uh, usually the latter. Uh, so uh, that's real important, that market knowledge, because... I'm in these MLS streets every day <laughs> like, and I'm looking up properties on the market, looking at properties under contract. I'm looking up properties that just sold. And so like, this is really, it comes out of me out of nowhere. Like it's just, ha- it's just what it is because I'm staying up to date with those market trends. Yeah. That leads me to my very last point. Um, there are a lot more, but for the sake of time, <laughs> the very last point is guidance and support. Um, buying a property, especially for beginners can be a very complex, emotional, strenuous process. Um, I, I'm really not trying to sugarcoat coat it for you. I'm not trying to paint a pretty picture. Like it's tough. It's really not a simple thing all the time. It may get more simple as you build up experience, but it's not an easy thing for everybody to do right away. So having that agent there for the initially the guidance, you know? direct that boat properly. That's what you want. Whenever I come into a situation where it's like uh, when I, when something's wrong with the car, there's what I think is wrong with the car, and then there's what the mechanic says. Right. I'm going to tend to lean towards what that mechanic says. I may get a second or third opinion, right. but I'm going to let the expert do what the expert does because that's an emotional thing. I don't want my car messing up <laughs> when I'm driving. So that's another thing. But then also that support. So like I said, like people get emotional, people get sad about not winning this property they thought was the property, but that support does help people. Where it's like, look, you know, sometimes agents have to sometimes be emotional support for people and let them know like, look, this is common. We, You don't win every offer. And sometimes offers come back, you know, like I've had people tell me no and then come back hit me up later like hey uh is your guy still interested so you know what i mean but like let that agent just be there for you for that support that guidance you know to help steer the boat properly instead of trying to figure that out on your own
1: so i mean the only thing that i can say to that is if you are if you are in groups in uh real estate investing groups a lot of real estate investing groups have um have agents in them that are looking to invest and not actually like really be on the agent side so you can have that support within uh, different groups that you're in, especially if you guys are all putting in deals together. And you can also have
0: that knowledge as well. Uh, well, that's the hybrid approach, though. So are you saying that pretty much you invest with that person? So it's like, it,
1: well, yeah, in real estate groups, it's either, it's either you're investing with them mm-hmm. or maybe you guys have separate deals, but you guys you just ask for like uh,
0: more expertise from the Asian. Okay, in that group yeah that could work, but ninety nine point nine nine percent of the agents aren't just gonna be willing to continuously give out info if they don't have no uh uh what's the term I'm looking for, no piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean so that so I was gonna say like if it's a team of people investing together and the agent is one of those people, that could work. Because then that's more of an equity deal, you know, like you got stake in the game. But if it's a situation where it's like, oh, and people, (laughs) all my friends and family who hit me up and aren't trying to use me as their agent, I love you guys. But it's annoying, not just to me, but to every agent out there. Like, oh, like, let me ask you all these questions, but I'm gonna go to someone else to buy my property. Like, you must be out of your (laughs) (laughs) mind, you know family friendly show <laughs> but, you, know, you must be out of your mind to think i'm gonna i do this to make money like this is how i feel my family you think i'm gonna waste my time continuously to give you this information that people you know i i represent people yeah. who get this information from me so yes that could work but i don't i wouldn't trust the long-term you know viability of exactly. just asking somebody you know sure.
1: so actually so, to wrap this up um. Honestly, I'm, I'm poking holes and everything. But if you are going to use an agent, you should hit up AD the fly realtor. That's right. <laughs> That's right. AD the
0: fly realtor. You know what it is.
1: So honestly, like another thing is really like it takes a special type of person to be like, okay, I want to do this investment. I want to get all the knowledge. I then want to find the team and the support to go and do this. Uh, you know, then I want to go and execute that. If that's not what you're about, if you're just like a doctor, if you're like a lawyer, if you're just somebody who has a lot of money and you don't want to put in all that work, it, it, to be honest, you don't even need to have a whole lot of money. You just probably don't want to put in all that work. You right. want to go ahead and just defer to to a specialist who knows what they're doing. So for that, you're going to have to pay some cash. But I mean, it's definitely worth it if it's, if it's worth saving time
0: and getting that expert knowledge without having to engulf yourself uh, in that knowledge yourself. Most dev, I'm glad you said that. It's true because like I said, if you have a regular job, you have kids or you know, whatever you got going on in life, you might it might not be conducive for you to spend uh excessive amounts of time trying to do this. It might be good for to have someone on your side out there doing it for you. You know, that's really what it is. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yep. So that pretty much wraps up this episode, guys.
0: Um A D is gonna bring us our B for the day. All right, guys, and the B for today is be practical. So like I mentioned during the show, Joey is one of those guys who's going to do what he needs to do. He's going to get the research he needs in order to execute his goal. But if you know that that's not something you have the time to do, or maybe it's not something you're even interested in doing, try to get as, as much info, as much knowledge as you can, but then be practical enough and don't be too proud to go get an agent who does this regularly does it every day they eat sleep and drink this go get that agent to help you along that journey because in the end you'll be a lot more happy about that decision as opposed to bumping your head trying to do it yourself be practical be practical guys so first of all those are some real nice words my boy hey hey you know what <laughs> It's a debate show, but I do have to be practical (laughs) and give honor where honor is due. That's one thing that's dope about Joe. I appreciate that big time. All right, guys. So be practical, be you, and be an... All right, it's up.